I mean, I don't want to say that made anything, I don't want to say that made things worse or anything. I'm not going to say that. It was just something else to worry about. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, yeah, just... exactly. So, but that time of yeah, that time of year that even I I go back to thinking about like what my mental state was like and what how I was thinking at the time. Mm. Oh, boy. It was the ghetto, it was just a, the ghetto. The ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I use that for everything now, you know. Everything. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Twitter that does this, like, because he, he thinks like tossed around all the time. This phrase. Yeah. Like when I went to London, when was it? Mid December. Yeah. With um, with my brother and his niece. Yeah. Um, and we went to McDonald's on Oxford Street. Yeah. And it was just dangerously overcrowded. So by the door, you know, you've got the automated screens where you order, make order. There must have been about, what, best part of 10 different screens by the door, so it's quite crowded. Yeah. You don't think it's too bad, but then once you've ordered, you go to collect it. And yeah. You around the corner, and there's a massive crowd of people to the point where I was like, this is a health and safety breach. <laughs> and then some other dude on the phone said it as well, but Ainsley was literally, it was a crowd of people. I yeah. waited 30 minutes for food. Yeah. It was a big crowd. I was like, this is just the ghetto. This is really, <laughs> really the ghetto. Oh, child, the ghetto. It's because she repeats it. The ghetto. The ghetto. Have you seen the whole clip on YouTube? I haven't, no. Because she's, well, we can watch it later or something, but she... You see her step out of the taxi saying that, and then she goes to see, is it Kendra Moore or whatever her name is? Yeah. She goes to her flat, and the flat's like, it's not even run down, but I think she's exaggerated how yeah. run down the place is. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, she's, like, oh, she, she's got a white fridge. She was like, she should have an aluminium fridge. I think she was like, a white fridge is sign of poverty or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then she has like a little dog as well that yaps away at her. She's like, oh, get it away from me. She's like, oh my god. Like, just being dramatic. But I've, I've never watched Real Housewives of Atlanta like, properly. But, um, I've never watched it. Although. That's a lot goes on. I've never watched it, but you know the Nene leaks, mm. um, that gif. I said what I say. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I use that one like, all the time. She's got, no, she's got that one. She's got the, the ghetto one. Yeah. That was famous. That was, and she's like, what else has she got? Um, there was, you know, Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. The American version. I think there's a few clips on YouTube where she has like a, a bust up with Latoya Jackson. <laughs> um, I don't really, I didn't know much about Latoya Jackson, but. They're going back and forth, and then he just gets personal. She's basically saying, like, Yo, you're only famous because of your last name. I was just like, Fuck. You know, yeah. They're, they're both like going at each other's face, but it's yeah. quite. I think, she, oh, I don't know, she says awful things, but it's funny the way she Yeah. Um, Nene is a too yeah. much, man. I don't know, because I've heard a lot of people talk about. They're talking about something, mm-hmm. and then they're talking adverts about it on their phone. You literally, so on my Instagram. I had my phone, I was at the phone, I was just playing with it, and I played, you know, Another Day of Sun, um, that's from Lon, yeah, I played that, like, um, the, like, the beginning motif for that on my phone, I was at the phone, and I put it on Instagram. I might have seen that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the next, the next advert was for, mm. that, was for La La Land. It's, see, I one of my mates is, like, proper into tech, he works, and he's, like, an IT manager at his job and everything. Yeah. And we've spoken about this, and he's he was, like, 100% confident that they're not listening to you, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I feel like I'd be a fool to have to believe that. Yeah. I've, I've had too There's many no way, incidents yeah. where... There's no way that they're not... That, that how that, And the thing is, I said, like, I said, name that tune, and I didn't I didn't search La La Land, I didn't search the notes or anything, I just did it in my head. Oh. How would they have known... Exactly. Unless they heard, unless someone like something heard it. Who owns Shazam, by the way? Is it 
It's not Facebook people, is it? No, I don't know. Because now, if you open an app owned by Facebook, it says at the bottom. Yeah, like powered by Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. But Shazam, I don't know who owns that, but it's weird because when I... You know how I discovered Shazam? I was saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could just hit, listen, you know, have a song and be able to record it and tell what it is from that? Yeah. And then my aunt was like, oh, Shazam does that. I was like, what? There's an app for that? (laughs) Um... But it is very good though. It is good. Sam is good, yeah. It's advantageous because even if you know, <laughs> I saw a tweet once that went viral. It's about ask, it's like wanting to know what what a friend's playing without asking them. Yeah. Like, um, at the same time, I'm. I don't know about you, but I get if I make a good playlist, I'm quite guarded about it. It depends oh my on. God. No, no. From okay, so for Ryan, like you, like like you know, London friends and stuff, mm-hmm. like it's probably things you already know half the stuff on there anyway but when yeah. there's people who don't know the music yeah and they're a bit you know for want of a better of a term a bit lacking of flavour <laughs> I don't want I don't want the leechiness do you know what I mean like if it's <laughs> if it's only who like listen to similar music and you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna know how, most of it anyway but yeah so people, like, you mean so like, yeah. if it's like the odd song that you put on mm. then fine then yeah, like you don't mind but if it's like the whole playlist and no one even knows that world at all yeah they can come along with it I'm like fuck off <laughs> do the hard work like just like <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy. Uh, it's me here, Kieran, and Ainsley. Here we are. Um, hope everyone is well. Uh, I would say Happy New Year, but we're a few weeks in now, so yeah, it's not like really, halfway through. Doesn't really apply, but yeah, here we are in January. Um, I guess like when is the right time for you to stop saying Happy New Year to people? Uh, I think after the first. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to put a marker, but probably the first ten days, really. The first um, ten days. I think when everyone's in the euphoria of having like you know a new year and all. Like if someone you haven't seen yet in the yeah. year, then it's a good idea. But uh, what are we on now? We're, uh, God, what day is it today? It's the 17th. 17th at the moment. Um, so we're in the third week. So yeah, it's almost February. The ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> but I'm still... Uh, let me think. My New Year's resolutions, I feel like... I feel like I haven't broken anything yet. What were your New Year's resolutions? That's a good question. Um, I've got a finance qualification I want to get. That's a long-term one, but I want to pass it this year. Right, okay. Um, that's a, I think that's a good New Year's resolution. That's a good one, yeah. I mean, I've yet to open a textbook. Um, yeah. It has been nearly, well, over two weeks in a bit. Uh, what else did I have? Um, spend, to cook more. It's kind of off the ground. To cook more, less takeouts, takeaways even. Um, they were the two main ones. And also, like, oh, exercises or cardio. Cardio, 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 cardio. Um, I would like to do the Great Northern Run in September. Right, how long is the Great Northern one? Uh, half marathon. I hear it's quite hilly though. Right. The route. But, so for me, the focus this year, rather than trying to like go to the gym and stuff, or to lift weights, uh, it's going to be cardio mainly, I think. Right. Because that's what I haven't done in quite a few years. I, I do feel, from a cardiovascular perspective, uh, just not as um, fit as I was about about five or so years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Um, do you have any soft? So this year, I actually didn't make any... I didn't make, like, a specific New Year's resolution. Mm. I decided this time to, like, go with a theme. A theme? Okay. Yeah, so the theme for 2020 is consistency. 
So that means like doing the same thing like every day, every week, whatever. Mm. Like you, if you're gonna start something, the seat three, just like do the same thing like yeah. over again. So I think like like routines and um, good habits. Would it be fair to say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's alright. So um, but, yeah. So uh, for example. I mean, we're two weeks in and I, I, I haven't done it once, but like, okay. I've been wanting to go to the gym before work, like every day. Mm. And so to do that, I'd have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning, get up, go straight to the, I can walk to the gym from home, mm. um, go to the gym, then come back, shower and get ready for work. But I've always just, I've gone to bed too late and I've spoken up too late as well. I mean, is it realistic? Everyone's different, but for me, well, I work nights, so it's not as sort of, it's not as difficult to navigate the gym for me because I want to go. I'll go during the daytime and start working in the evening. Yeah. But when I did work days, I could never go before. If I went before, I'd I'd have a very unproductive day. Everyone's different. Some people love going before and get some ready. Yeah. Um, do you think a six o'clock start time, then going back home, shining, then going back out? Do you think that's realistic? It, it so in theory works best. But in practice, like, I am not a morning person whatsoever. Mm. I struggle with mornings so much. So, in, like, in practice, it's not really working. But the thing with the gym is, I hate going so much when it's busy. Yeah. Like, when there's, like, like just full of people, just anyone to, in there. You have to, like, negotiate when you're going to use a particular machine or a particular piece of equipment as well. Yeah, exactly. Wait for to come off it, I, I, I will actively avoid the gym when it's busy. Um, yeah. The thought, no. the thought of going at five o'clock or five pm or like six pm on yeah. a weekday is uh, it's out of the question, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so that though, because I can only I can only go so they get the extreme of the day. So either really early in the morning, like six half six, mm. or at night, like after ten. Mm. And I guess I could go after ten, but it just means that like by the time we get to bed, it'll be like gone midnight. And then like, I'll still be getting to work later. So at my yeah. job, you can they, they do let you go into work between 8 and 10. Hmm. But I feel like people who come in a bit later are a bit more frowned upon. The issue of going in late, sorry, we'll go into the gym late, is motivation. So again, when I did work days, if I, if I go home, especially at this time of the year, it's a wrap. Like, yeah. once I'm in my yard, I'm not coming out. Like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe manage it once every two months, maybe. Yeah. Um, but currently, so the pattern I'm, I'm going to look for is to start work sort of either, it's like mid-evening, I'd say. So if I went to the gym at about even one or two in the afternoon, that's yeah. okay. And just resist the temptation to have like a nap every you know, every two hours or something. Yeah. Um, I think we're good. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like fitness is an ongoing goal. I mean, yeah, that's, t- that's a typical one of like yeah. when the new year rolls around. Everyone making all these, um, all these goals. Like, it's always these... relevant. The fitness is. Uh, I feel it's only because I feel like I can't run up two flights of stairs and feel okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, when did that happen? Like, yeah. I'll be out of breath and stuff. And, oh, yeah. Now I need to get back into swing of things. I went for a run last week for just a five k run, mm-hmm. and believe me, I was humbled after that. One. <laughs> it was good. You did it though. Five k is like three miles. Yeah. Um, about that. Yeah. yeah. About that. It was good. It was a good place to start. Yeah, I just, um, like, before, like, I just did, the last one that I did was a, a few months back, and I could do it so much faster than I did it this mm. time round. And, like, you know, like, when you're, um, like, when you're running, and you're tired, and you're just, like, and you're, or your whole body's hurting, it's Everything horrible, yeah, like, the yeah. pain, 
And then, like, when, when you stop and you realise that, like, you actually weren't going very fast or very far. Mm. You've got to start somewhere. I, haven't, I probably haven't done any kind of middle distance or long distance running since about 24, and I'm now 29. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be changed. Yeah. But, you know, this is the time to do it. And I think that as long as, while the January, January motivation is still there, yeah. just hop on it. No, it's true. And get going. So, um, I guess the question on my next key is is 2020 going to be the year that you finally move to London or not? I think so. So, <clears throat> I've made promises in the past, which I haven't stuck to. However, when I've made the promises, my heart was in the right place. I had every intention of moving to So, let me think. So, I've always said where I currently work, um, I'm not going to detail, but my time in Newcastle is tied to where I work to. And because it's always been sort of extended here and there, and it's been uncertain when we're going to leave. I've just thought we'll just stick around for now because I'm fairly happy with the job. It's comfortable, decent pay, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know for a fact it will finish this year. So, you know I hate giving, you know, estimates of time and deadlines and stuff. But I would imagine around summer I would right. be in a position to move. Also, I've been to London quite a few times in the, in the last few months and I've... I've always liked it there. I'll have my criticisms, obviously. But I've always, I've always liked it there. But recently, um, I've been looking at it and thinking, yeah, I, I think I can do this. I don't know if I'll ever love the place. I don't know if I'll be... If, I'll, if when I do move there, I'll be there long term. But I feel like it's the next logical move to make. Right. So I will tend to say, yes, I am moving to London this year. You sound like a bad boyfriend, man. When you're like... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's, it, will, it will happen. It will happen. Um, got a few holidays planned, but I'm not going mad like I did last year. So How many holidays did you go on here in last year? Can we not, please? Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm not going to go into detail, but I probably went on... If we're counting long weekends as well, it would have been about... I'd say, okay, to, to spare your blushes, let's say when you um, left the... Co- Actually, no... Yeah, when you left, when you left the country, what kind Period, also, like, if, I, if it involved me leaving the country. However, but, like, Glastonbury counts as well, so... I do, I'll count Glastonbury as holiday, so let me think. Um, give me a quick second. Six, altogether. Six, like, six holidays. Overindulgent. Six holidays in one year. At the moment, though, so now I've got a big holiday planned for autumn. And other than that, I have Glastonbury again. And then two weekend holidays planned. So I think I was, like, two weekends away... Uh, literally Friday to Sunday or like Thursday to Sunday something like that two weekends away Glastonbury and then two weeks that's still four holidays yeah but oh, come on I think week like your weekend trip is it is technically a holiday but it's not like a holiday holiday you're not breaking the bank for two or three nights to say somewhere I don't think I think it's I feel like it's a, a good compromise without being too indulgent okay and this, I think they're spaced out as well um, well, which um, yeah. destination are you planning on planning to go planning to go to planning to visit uh, let me think let me think um, Glastonbury is late June I've been talking to a friend about going to Berlin Pride Berlin yes, Pride yes um, I believe he can't make it which is no, yeah. unfortunate I really want to go but it's but, my friend's wedding like on the same day and I've, I've already I've already RSVP'd and it's like a close friend as well I was about to say how close is <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad mind. Um, yeah, oh, we haven't booked anything yet, but I'm thinking Berlin Pride. Because uh, I've never been to Germany, I've never been together for years. And then uh, Japan in September, so that's a big holiday. 
I'm going with potential group of ten people. I'm the, I, I, booked my, I booked my flight. Was it two days ago? How much? How much does flights cost? Uh, let me think. It's just under seven hundred for the flight. That could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. We, we've been talking about it for the past few months, and then we had like a big meeting the other day. So about four people didn't turn up, but we we had a big meeting to decide when we're gonna go, what dates, um, and like a loose itinerary. I'm the only person that's booked a flight so far. That's a risk, isn't it? I don't care because you know what? Um, <laughs> if you come in, if it comes to group holidays, and especially a, a big holiday, I'm thinking to myself, right? Everyone's gonna, everyone's got different financial situations. They've got other things they need to prioritize. So I'm not gonna nag anyone else to book. But if people say, "Oh yeah, let's book it," then I expect them to book. And if they don't, that's fine. But it got to a point where I, I you know, you bagsy a, a ticket price for you for like three days. Yeah. And it was getting to the end of it. And I was saying, I've been saying like, is anyone going to book? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to book tonight. So I just booked mine. Then the group chat went really quiet. I was like, okay, they're not booking now. That's fine. But then, then I said to myself, right, well, I've got two weeks booked to them from September. And I will be going on there. I'm going to be on that plane, God willing. Yeah. Um, whether that's alone or with a group. And <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make it work. But um, have that you've been burned by this before? No, nah, they don't, they'll, they'll come. No, but let me think, the group is 11 people. I right, expect okay. about three or four dropouts. Yeah. So, including myself, would be seven of us at least, surely. Um, but like, it's not sure. Like with a, like with a, like a big group holiday like that, mm. it's not the dropouts. Like, who's dropping out? Of there are some people that you would, like you'd want to go on holiday with, and other people who were like. I guess. I know, out of that group, my closest friends within that group, I know they're all definitely gonna go. Okay. Unless something awful happens. Um, but I've, I've said to myself, like, come rain or shine, I'm going to enjoy it. Even if I went by myself, I think I'd have a, a good time there. Yeah. And I've yet to do... I, I don't know, Have you ever travelled alone before? It's something I've I haven't done yet. I've never travelled alone before. something no. I haven't done yet, I've been wary about it. But everyone who's done it has recommended it. And I'll, I'm curious to try it out at some point in the future. I've travelled alone, but I don't think... For my first solo trip, I don't think I'd want to go to, like, a culture that's so far, like, so far removed from my own. Mm. That, like... So I would definitely do it, but I think I'd do it that in the way that at least used to like more Western, like English speaking place. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily English speaking. Yeah. Like I'd like somewhere in Europe, for example, uh-huh. or yeah, somewhere in Europe, some or somewhere English speaking. Mm. So at least like if you don't like if you don't speak the language, at least you kind of get some of the customs. If you know what I mean? Yeah, there's some kind of assimilation without having to try. I guess. Yeah, exactly. I. I don't envisage that I'll be by myself, but if it comes, it comes up. But other people come along, he said. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm doing this I year. Hope, I hope um, that you're not quite um, famous last words. We'll see. I've However, I'm going to start learning Japanese, so I bought my textbooks. Um, I've scouted, I use a website where you meet language teachers online, and I've scouted, I've, I've looked at, at all the different profiles of the different teachers, yeah. and I found the ones that I think I might click with, so I'm going to approach them and just be like, here's my situation. Where um, are you flying from? Uh, London. Oh, okay. Which shows a commitment to, <laughs> to wanting to move down there. <laughs> I think everyone else is, apart from one other person, everyone else is talking about is going to book from Newcastle. Uh-huh. So they would either go to Newcastle and then to somewhere like Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Tokyo. Right, okay. Or Newcastle to London and London to Tokyo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but I've booked one from London because um, I envisage that in September I wouldn't move down there by then. But yeah, come rain or shine, I, w- I, w- I will be going. Okay. Well, I like the, um, I like the energy. Um, I'll commend you on that one. I'm not sure if I would take the same... Uh, <laughs> 
take the same approach that you have. Yeah. Uh, I have waited a while before booking though, just to. Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to just jump in and, and jump the gun, but when it when it got to a point where the prices were low, yeah, and we were all certain that these are the specific dates we're going to go for, I was just like, I'm not going to wait any longer. Um, yeah, let's just go for it. And yourself, have you got anything? Um, no plan. Interesting plan, Literally, like no plan. So, I, like I said, I wanted to go to um, to Berlin Pride with you, mm. but I can't now. So you haven't made any. I've made any other plans. What day is, fr- is the your friend's wedding? It literally so the wedding is on the twenty fifth of July. So what time? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just leave early. <laughs> and it's in like Oxfordshire as well. Yeah, it's not the best. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Okay? No. It's not happening. Fair but, enough. Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go on a holiday this year. Okay. So, um, me and my friends, like my um, close group of friends, um, one of them I live with, mm. um, we've been saying like the four of us. I said that when we turn thirty, um, we want to do like a trip to New York to like celebrate like us turning thirty. Mm-hmm. So I think for this this year, these twelve months, I kind of just want to like get my finances in order, mm. just save some money, um, get out of debt. I've got a loan that I'm paying off that will be finished by the end of this year. That's good. That's a good so target. That, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, which is amazing. So I'm more focused on like getting my finances together than actually kind of like actually like planning. I can imagine myself going on like one small holiday like mm. towards the summer, but we haven't decided. I don't think you got plenty of time as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't ramp your calendar from January and then just be yeah stuck in the hole. Well, you mean like what well, a six holiday hole? That's, that's what happened last year, though. You just like yeah, like, people suggesting you like yeah, I'll go to that. Yeah, I'll go to that. Yeah, I'll go to that. And then you're thinking, oh, hmm. <laughs> so this where is... exactly which destination did you go to? Did you, did you... Last year. Um, yeah. So let me think. Weekends, Dublin. Uh, come on, is Dublin a holiday or Friday to Dublin Sunday? Dublin is a holiday. Friday to Sunday in Dublin. Dublin's a holiday. So it's not in the UK, but it's in, it's in you know, the vicinity of the UK. Dublin definitely a holiday. Okay, cool. Right, so Friday to <laughs> Sunday, that was, that was Dublin. Uh, and then Amsterdam was... Did we go early May back holiday? I think we did. So we spent... It's four days with three nights like in a hotel. Yeah. So that was a holiday, I guess. Um, after that, Glastonbury. And then there was a week in Italy but we stayed with a mate who's from here uh-huh. and we stayed with him and his family we were lovely it was a great week we had there great week that we had there um, again I'll, I'll say it's definitely a holiday but then I justify it by thinking that it's, it was free accommodation essentially but yeah, yeah. still a holiday it was, that was great that was like a beach holiday to relax and whatnot. Um, oh I missed out uh, <laughs> I went to Istanbul and Barcelona yeah that so, was back to back so yeah you travelled from from Istanbul. So, wait, Newcastle to Istanbul, Istanbul to Barcelona, Barcelona back to Newcastle. Yeah. We actually went to New- to, went to Barcelona for Primavera Festival. Yes, yes, I met you and other mates at Barcelona for Primavera. Um, and then we also at, and then Italy was July, and then the last one was America with a few of my brothers. Yeah. Philadelphia, New York. And, yeah, so... I knew I was. I said straight away I'm gonna have a much calmer, 2020. Yeah. Which I think so far. I'm not gonna like it. I reckon you were on on track to go on six holidays again. No, <laughs> no, I can't do the same thing. 
They need, to, they need to like think of you know money for moving out to London and deposit and finding a house, well, yeah. a house, finding somewhere to live, yeah, and renting and stuff like that. Uh, but at the moment, I have a few weekends away and Japan booked, and that's what I, I'm focusing on. Yeah, there's enough there where I'm not going to have too long where I'm working and think, oh, I really wish I could go somewhere else. Because I think the problem is not the problem, but the the, the catch is that once you start going abroad, mm-hmm. you want to do it more and more and more. Yeah, of course. I didn't like. I didn't have a passport till I was 16 years old as well. So mm-hmm. there were always dream- as a little kid, I was dreaming, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here, and I couldn't. Yeah, um, and when the floodgates are open, you go a bit. Mad, yeah, don't you? that's fair. Yeah. Like, do you ever think, uh, you know, <laughs> like dating profiles, man? Yeah. I feel like, especially gays, man, they need to come up with more hobbies than travelling. Every oh, single, every single one. Yeah, it's a bit weird because also, like, if someone asked me what I'm into and like, what my hobbies are, I wouldn't say travelling because yeah. it's something a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I saw someone on Tinder the other day that made. A really sarky comment about it. They're saying, "Oh, he said, oh, so you're into as they put it on the profile that oh, so you're into food, going out and traveling. So is everybody else." I was like, oh, "Yeah." Wow. <laughs> I mean, he had a point to be fair, but it's true. Like, <laughs> it's the way you worded it. Though, it's, right? it's the truth. I don't like. I never understand if you have like six people in a row and they're into exactly the same thing. Mm. If you said you're a travel blogger, so you go abroad, you make videos oh, that's different. and stuff, yeah, you, have that's cha- different. you have a channel on YouTube, so that's yeah, different. That's different but yeah. Simply going on holidays, I don't think that's a hobby. That's but it, it, it's a, ho- it's a hobby in the same way as like we say, like, I like drinking. <laughs> well, exactly, it's a, it's a hobby, but it's not. Or like going to the gym. <laughs> it's not something I would make. I make an issue of highlighting on the dating profile. Yeah, but everybody, everybody does it. I don't. I don't. Do I it. think it's because people don't like to talk about themselves too much and they find it awkward to what to write on there. I've always kept my bio or whatever, short and sweet. Yeah. The what annoys me more about saying I like travelling on a dating profile is when people write things like, Oh, I hate writing these things or I'm so bad at these bios. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like write like, something yeah, like, like, like everyone else doesn't have to do the same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are there any um current events that you well, had your mind on. <laughs> I think you mentioned before that you were. Um, I wouldn't. What's the right word to use? But the effect or well, the results of last month's election is—is is it a bit raw? It's think, still. Or, it's still uh, very. Yeah, it's still raw. Yeah, the election, the um, end of the Labour Party has been. <laughs> it's mad because I probably when I when I was thinking what was going to happen, I thought Conservatives would get a slim majority. I think that's, I what, that's what was forecasted. Yeah. It but was even, forecasted. Even at the forecasting, like, as in before the polls started, I kind of thought, oh, we'll win it, we'll get a few more seats than last time, and it'll, it'll make the government a little bit more secure, like the, the, the main or the, the party with the biggest seats. But it was, um, was it the worst loss since the 80s? Something, say, like, something, yeah, something like, like that. that um, yeah. And I thought, uh, you know myself, I'm more like centrist, well, little right of centre. And I don't... I mean, to say you're Tory. I'm not Tory. I yeah. hate I hate being called a Tory. I think there's not, <laughs> not something I'll discuss with you but at work a lot of the time. Because we do talk about it but if you, it's like if you don't talk if you don't like sing praises for the left or you express some conservatives like, Oh you're a Tory, you're a Tory just like Didn't you vote didn't you didn't you vote conservative at the election? Yes. Then you're Tory then you're Tory <laughs> In my because the constituency in Newcastle that I'm in 
and also the one home in Brum. Both massive Labour seats. So I vote because I have to vote. And why I'm torn is, because the term I've seen recently is Conservative with a small C, which I think I am. Whereas the Tory party, I don't, there are so many things I don't feel, see eye to eye with them as. And also a lot of their core, like, supporters, I look at them thinking, I don't have much come with you, come with you at all. But out of the two main parties, they're probably matched more closely than Labour do, I would say. In a first pass, in a first pass opposed system, if you're not going to vote Conservative or Labour, then what is the point, I find? Let's hear it then, buddy. <laughs> I mean, what I so I think this. Um, I thought I really did want to get your like get your take on this. But mm-hmm. so I am a member of the Labour Party. I've mentioned it before. So there's like pretty much no way I'm ever going to vote Tory. Well, obviously not. No. Yeah. Um. I guess on my I actually don't even know where I stand anymore on kind of like where I am on the on the political spectrum. I guess to you, I'd be left of centre. But um, what I wanted to ask was, obviously in the wake of kind of like the last sort of few years in the Conservative Party, mm-hmm. especially with like us being like black people, black Caribbean men, how do you reconcile like voting for the Conservative Party after kind of like... The Windrush scandal? Yeah, and like, yeah. Yeah, that specifically. I rationalise it in my head is... Because I know I've always been in place of a, a massive Labour majority. And you're going you're gonna to think it's the cover answer. But in my head, I'm thinking, does it matter who I vote for? When you already know, if you're in a safe seat with a particular party, does it actually matter who you vote for in a first-past-the-post system? But your vote still is like an endorsement for for that party, for, like, for their policies. And as someone who voted for Leave and a Brexiteer, that's, that's why I voted for them this time round in 2019. But at the same time, who would you think I should? Who do you think I should vote for if I didn't vote? I'm for not anyone? like I can't, I can't say that. But that's the thing. I think I feel like all the time with the with the way our system is set up, it's a case of here's a few choices. None of them are particularly great. Which one do you want? I don't. I have probably a few a few left wing ideas as in like sort of beliefs. So why would I ever vote for the Labour Party? Essentially, you've got a, a choice. Essentially, most in most seats across the country, you've got a choice. Conservative or Labour, which one do you pick? I feel like I'm so I am I, I am biased because I've uh, stated clearly my allegiance. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as a black Caribbean man, that like I can't. But I feel like I can't vote for the Conservative Party. I feel like when um like when the extent of the Windrush scandal mm. came out, that made it clear to me what the government thought of um, people like us. Mm. And uh, and of Caribbean people who had emigrated, who had come to work, who that um, they were encouraged to be here, mm. and it seemed as if like the like the message is that like, you were you were okay as long as we needed you, but like and and actually it's, yeah. yeah actually to assimilate and need to be like part of our culture, part of the society. That's not that's not what it is. So. With that in mind, it, I feel like it's like an anathema. Like I can't like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I I struggle to understand. I struggle to understand it. Those who those who are in a similar position to me, who do who are able to. I think that's a fair point. To be fair, and probably someone I haven't given much thought to. If I'm being completely hundred percent honest. Yeah. So right. So let's go back to the election itself. Okay. Like that because and actually one thing I will say about it is. 
um, with that sort of thing, I would think of your identity does go into it, mm-hmm. um, like who you vote for, how you think things are going to affect you, which is fine. So, um, like, when people were voting, they were voting because they did like someone or they didn't like someone. I'm not mm. Boris Johnson because I don't like James Corbyn. Oh, does it mean like a, oh, like identity with, as in like, a sort of pers- in like the personality, person, cult personality kind of yeah. yeah. And I just think that is just so, I don't, I don't like that at all. Well, uh, that's the thing, like, so, for Labour, I don't have a massively strong feeling against any of like the like the front like the hard hitters in the Labour Party. I know I I can never see me voting for a party backed by Jeremy Corbyn. For me, he's not really leadership material. I admire him, him and his oh god, he's gonna piss you off now. I admire him and like his principles and stuff, but I just don't think he's the right person for the job at all. So what like what you but, think Boris Johnson is I feel like you're fortunate in a position where you have you have someone you have someone leading a party, you like that person and the party. It's easy choice for you to make, I think. I actually, so, um, me, so my support for Jamie Corbyn died early in 2019, basically. Um, so... Did something happen, or...? I think I just realised that, like, he'd taken the Labour Party, him personally, as far as he could. I think there'd been too many missteps on yeah. um, Labour Party's policy towards Brexit. Like I said, I'm um, I'm a Labour I'm a Labour I'm a member of the Labour Party. I pay money mm. um, to, to um, I I like to say as as best that I can with what's going on. And even I was unsure about like what was going to happen in the party. If let's say they were to be leading lead the country tomorrow, mm. what they'd do about Brexit, I had no idea. And when you're getting into like March um, 2019, bearing in mind after like how many times they've been through Parliament and if still yeah. indeed hadn't gotten it together. And I've got one united message about it. That, they, that was... I felt like they were never given a straight answer about what their intentions were for Brexit. I feel like in their heart they wanted to remain, but then they didn't want to alienate people by saying so, that outright. Jeremy Corbyn did not want to remain. He didn't. But though that but most that of his party. But that well, that's kind of that is that is just one of the reasons why I've been so frustrated. So, when, so, I mean, let's go back with this whole Jamie Corbyn issue. Mm. Um, when he first, um, first, like, was being put on the ballot for Labour leadership the very first time, yeah. I wrote to my MP, and um, he wasn't going to vote for Jamie Corbyn, but he got on the ballot anyway. He won the party leadership. I was happy about that because he was running on an anti-austerity platform. Mm. Yeah. So the way things have happened with our public services is not right. Um, like, there are, like, vast divisions in society. Our public services aren't running the way that we think that they should. Fine. And at the time, because when Jeremy Corbyn was coming to power was when um, the Conservative Party just got a very slim majority mm. in a 2015 election. Yeah. Um, Ed Miliband had resigned. So, at that time, perfect. Like, that's what we needed. We got impetus from young people again. Great. Brexit comes along, man, and from the from from the moment that then that the government announced there's going to be a referendum, I feel like Labour have been behind since since the very beginning, and I think mm. that's because they struggled to find to be really be united about one message. I mm. feel like from the if from the start, if they campaign strongly for Remain, I don't think things would have happened the way that they did, and I think that if like um, if basically. On the Remain side, it was kind of a bit more of a scaremongering thing. 
The original so, reference, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. This will, so, um, so this will happen if you don't. Um, things would be bad, and I think it should have been a bit more of a positive. But that's 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 I feel like. Yeah, but basically saying what we would have, you know, what why are we in the U, like what are the benefits are exactly, staying there, yeah. rather than focusing on yeah doom and gloom. If yeah, we, exactly. But then anyway, so yeah, and after that is basically the beginning of the I think like the beginning of the end for Jamie for Jamie Corbyn and his and his time, basically in the Labour Party. I feel like the best thing he did, like I said, is, is bring anti-austerity to the table mm. and actually make an issue, make it something that people, that we can care about. And as a as a younger person in the party, I was just I was just a bit in despair before Jeremy Corbyn came um, came along huh. because I felt like our policies were not really that different from it was just the Conservative Party Blairite stuff, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Yes and, and no. no yeah. I think I remember there were a core few years. Let's have a look. It would have been between. Let me think that well, from from what, when I was conscious anyway, between about twenty ten and twenty fifteen. So those years there. That was when you would hear people more than any other time say, "Ah, oh, both parties are the same. We're pretty much voting for the same yeah. thing." Um, I think with the twenty fifteen election, I think that's when I didn't actually believe at the time. But when Conservatives said in the manifesto, "Oh, we're going to have a referendum on the EU," I was I thought they were just saying that to get votes, and they actually went through with it as well. But I think it's since after well since the time after the referendum, when I think people have had like a much clearer choice between the two. Yeah. And that's probably been due to Corbyn having been elected to the, yeah. to the head of the party. I think, yeah, like now, now with what's happened, I think that it's going to be easy to like just write him off like a failure and stuff. But I do think that some good was achieved in... I, I feel like he's... Where I stand with him is, I would never think he's a failure. I feel like he's... I've never... I've always thought his heart's in the right place. Yeah. I've always thought he's a good man. Yeah. I've just thought it's not the leadership material. I think it's literally for me. It's as simple as that. It won't be. Other people won't agree with that. Yeah. But I just don't think he was the right person just, for the job, and it's I, a shame because I, I don't know anyone. Well, we'll see for the next leadership election for for Labour, but it, it was basically it, him yeah. versus a lot of new Labour people. That that was the choice that we had in twenty fifteen. Yeah. I. I mean, I feel like we're going, we're going to like, we're dumping him around chronologically. But one of the things that makes me feel just so bitter and angry about this election is when people say that they don't like Jeremy Corbyn or they didn't vote for, um, they didn't vote for um, the Labour Party, party because they don't like Jeremy Corbyn. I'm like, but like, you like Boris Johnson, who is like, take his, I mean, take all the racist and homophobic and sexist things he said about people like us, mm. people who aren't... I'd like, what has his record been? Like, as foreign secretary, has he really proved himself? Has he really proved I think himself? He, was, he was put in that place to keep him out of the way, wasn't he? And yeah. And the most... I think that he didn't excel in the job either, did he? Didn't he? You know, the, the, I can't remember the name, the Iranian lady that's in prison. Yeah, and um, in Ratcliffe. Yeah. I, can't actually, yeah, I should know the name properly. But yeah, and it just, yeah, it just makes... I was like, I don't know, like I said, I'm trying to... I feel like, so this election, some people agree, some people disagree, but it was about Brexit, for my, in my head, for the most thing. And a lot of people would literally look at him thinking, I want Brexit, we've been deliberating for a few years, and so on that singular issue, that will decide who they voted for. I think a lot of people can't appreciate that. I, I genuinely feel for a lot of people, especially people who wanted Brexit, they were just going to vote for the party that said... 
I don't feel. I don't feel. I do not feel. I do not feel sorry for those people. Mm-hmm. Like you made a choice. Like you made a choice. Exactly. I'm like, not saying she was sorry for the but I think that's when it comes to the election because a, a lot of people, I see. I see it on Twitter all the time. They see it as an indication that oh, the whole country's turned Tory and blah. I'm thinking, but a lot of people wouldn't have had a strong opinion either way between the two like ideologies of, of, of the parties but they just wanted Brexit and but, went for like, fine you wanted Brexit to happen but what by making the choice that you made you've made your choice mm-hmm. and that and um, like that has implications not just for Brexit but for everything else in the country mm-hmm. and so by making that choice you have put your line in the sand and you need to accept that and yeah and like I said like now that um now that the Tory party are in power now, have such huge majority, that goes to a wider issue. Like as like like I said, as me, as being kind of like an ethnic minority, mm. it, it it makes me feel like more of a mi- more of a minority, and I feel like this like our country is like it's just so in support of, just like like I said, like um, a party that has I felt like has run a campaign of persecution against people like us, people from the Caribbean. Mm. And I think that's, I think for me, that's why that's more of a heartbreaking side of it is that like, I just feel like souls diverge from the country, mm. even though like I've, I've lived here my whole life. I, I've worked here, but you know, like I'm as British as the next person, but it's just like, just, people just don't, don't, just don't care about us. <laughs> mm. No, I get I would. It's not. I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. But I just think we need to overhaul the system, and I would probably be in support of proportional representation. But yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. But at the same time, what's gonna happen now? The Labour Party doesn't be, seem to be showing any signs of being able to recover. Um, on the on the day of the election, results were, were being um, well because it was the exit poll that comes oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're quite accurate these days, aren't they? They are, yeah. So <laughs> as soon as the exit poll came out, like the writing was on the wall then. And then like this guy, like <laughs> this um guy on Grinder messaged me. Like I wasn't interested. He's like quite a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. And like, I talked to him. I, like, I used to talk to him because like he's not doing any harm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, I was like, oh, hi, hi, how are you? And I was like, I'm fucking fuming <laughs> because of the election. No, he said, yeah, I said I'm fuming. And I was like, and he's like, oh, why are you, why, why are you upset? And I was like, you voted Tory then, didn't you? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I did vote Tory. And then I fucking, I just like, I just went off on him. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, God, what did he say? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I said that like, he was tolerant of racism. <laughs> And all of this, I was like, um, we won't be speaking again, basically. Well, I can understand, because it's, you know, as I said previously, the emotions would have been raw at the time. Yeah, but, and um, it's, it's, still a bit, it's still a bit raw now, to be honest with you. I guess. In, um, uh, I, it's, it's not said, like, um, what, Weary by Solange is my, um, is my tune. The theme for this period. Yeah, the theme. For, yeah. <laughs> at least in a political, in um, from a political standpoint, anyway, yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, I felt, I remember on the day of, well, the day after the election, because um, our, our group chat, me and a few other mates, um, I didn't want to mention anything because I, I knew that anyone who 
had been like a strong Labour supporter would not be in a good place on that particular day or yeah. in the best of spirits so I just kept quiet I guess but I as much as I might have actually voted for Tory in the end I don't feel that's the party that represents me I don't feel I, don't, I can't think of a single party that does represent me properly but I was a bit sad that you know the main opposition had been just right now. ripped to, well, pretty, pretty much essentially yeah. so you need that voice there I think and at least under Corbyn, it was a, a genuine socialist voice, yeah. rather than someone just saying what the Conservatives are saying, but in a slightly different way yeah. and whatnot. Um, so I'm just in the case of, I don't, I'm not really sad about anything because I didn't have anyone that I was really, really rooting for or anything. But it just leaves a question of what's going to happen now. And yeah. it's a case of seeing what's going to happen in the next few years. Yeah. But you, I'm sure you have plenty of time to um, not report. Oh, I want to say reflect without sounding cheesy. All right, so what, what's the, what else is in the zeitgeist? Um, so what I've been spending a lot of time looking at this week is the Sussexes. Okay, no. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how engaged you are with it, but I think should I say it for a different episode. No, no, I'm I, I'm I'm ready for it. I actually think this is probably the best episode to do it on since because of what we were just talking about. Okay. And um, so hold on, so let let's just get it straight between the two. So. Right. Basically, Harry and Meghan are leaving, like, leaving the royal family. They've announced that they're gonna, they would like to move to Canada. Yeah. Um, step down as senior royals. Yeah. And start, start working to become financially independent. Yeah. So I'm taking from that that they want to relocate. Yeah. And that they want to, they're not going to be financially independent straight away, but they want to start doing business endeavours. And building their own wealth. Yeah, so they're not reliant yes. on like public funds, basically. To, um... Essentially, um, and obviously with that announcement, the hounds. I came feel like out. yeah, like it's <laughs> <laughs> like all oh, hell brought loose, oh, man. My God. I think it was the common the common take on Twitter was that there's been more outrage over this than there has been about, about Prince Andrew. Princess Andrew. Uh, yeah, um, I. I'm just gonna say it, man. Like, if you. If you're one of the people who've been dragging Meghan mm. and Harry over this, but yet been saying nothing about Finn's Finn Andy this whole time, you are special. You're like, you are a special kind of trash person. <laughs> 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 trash person. But he like, to be, like, my take on this Harry and Meghan thing, to, to be honest with you, they want to move to Canada. More power to them. Mm. I don't care. I'm happy for them. I move away. It's an odd one because... The take I get, well, if we look at the the crap that Megan's had to put up with, yeah. common criticism is that she's not she's not ready to slot into the royal family. She doesn't want to play the game. That she's not fit to hold the position that she does. So, yeah. so now that she is, well, as a lot of people say, now that she's fucking off. Yeah. <laughs> Why are people moaning? I think they said, oh, there should be no, you know, they're being supported by the um, the taxpayers' purse and blah blah blah. But like, but I people, think it will, but that's why they've said that eventually they don't, they don't want to be using that money. Yeah. But like, people are angry that Meghan is going. People are angry that Harry's going with her. If they basically, if, yeah, it's a good point to be fair. Yeah, like. If they, <laughs> <laughs> they announced that they were getting divorced. Mm. And Meghan is moving to um, moving to America. Yeah. And um, and Harry's staying here. There'd be oh, there'd be there'd be parties in the street. Imagine the tweets. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. Yeah. He's come. He's come out from under her spell. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the witch yeah. couldn't keep it in her clutches forever. 
something along the lines of oh hopefully now he'll marry, marry a real woman or yeah. you know, a real yeah. English woman or something you know some, some more cold yeah. language like that yeah. and I just I feel so in the criticism that she's received it's interesting because I don't want to go jump straight and say oh it's racism but at the same time I can't you can't sit here and say that there's no that amongst you know the campaign the media's had against her yeah and which has in turn affected a lot of public opinion are people really trying to say this, that there's no sexism, that there's no xenophobia, that there's no racism, no misogyny? Yeah. It's, it's impossible, and I've, I've wasted a lot of time this week on Twitter just getting caught up in arguments and, and, and looking at what people are thinking. Yeah. And th- there's this denial that there's not a racial tone to it. Yeah. With all sorts of ludicrous like defences, people saying, oh, I didn't even know she was black, or I didn't even know... <laughs> I'm thinking, are you trying to tell yeah. me you thought you didn't realise that Meghan Markle wasn't white yeah are you really trying to pretend that isn't the yeah, case and it, I think it, also of the, the, the case of the one drop rule that Americans use because yeah. essentially like, if Megan was British over here like we wouldn't automatically oh she's a black woman would we you'd probably say she's a mixed race mixed race yeah um, but I feel like I just it's a mixture of people denying it's an issue and people not realising that the reason they don't like her they might have other criticisms about her not doing what they or living up to their expectations of what a role should be like yeah but at the same time they can't argue that yeah, if the media hadn't been trashing her she'd be much like, more popular than she is like what like, what but like <laughs> what has she actually done like what has she done to when you, like when you ask people this you get very woolly answers about her about her um that she's not she doesn't accept protocol that she's moved into a long yeah, institution just, and she um yeah. she's moved into this long this long lasting institution and she wants to change things um and it's always really but like if not clutching at straws yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look for concrete examples but it's not because the, the, you can't we can't think of concrete examples because there are none exactly they, the people have taken a dislike into her Maybe due to media influence, maybe maybe due to their own biases, but they mm. have they have and like the thing with this country, like what I want, like the point I wanted to make is that with this election and especially with the way that the things have been played out between Harry and Meghan, is just such a great barometer for me as where we are as a, as a country mm. on matters of race. Yeah, and I think it's just made like it's just made it so clear. I feel like the average British person. Like they just like they they will not like they will not acknowledge racism like until someone like if someone if I'm walking down the street and someone calls me a nigger, they'll say oh yeah they'll be outraged they'll yeah. be shot and but they'll they, I feel like in their mind they think that is the be all and end all of racism. It's I, I feel across great swathes of the population I would agree with you that there's a very there's 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 this like elementary understanding of what racism is. Yeah, exactly. And also in twenty in twenty twenty Britain racism isn't calling someone the N word or the P word or blah blah. It's yeah. all this you know, this things that British the British do so well with subtlety yeah. and coded language. Yeah, exactly. And saying one thing when they mean the opposite. Yeah. And saying things where you think are they having a dig or and you can't quite pin it you have to question whether that's what they mean or not. Exactly. And it's just proper sinister. Like but yeah, but like it's like it's the institution and it's like people's biases that come out in these ways mm. that, um, that was what, the, what that's what people are saying yeah because it's gotten to the point I'm, I'm getting so exhausted of like following all these arguments and you know one side saying it's got nothing to do with race it's pathetic and if I hear one person say the race card again yeah. I'm going to scream 
I tell so, them, as, yeah. soon, as soon as someone says the phrase, you're playing the race card, that tells me everything I need to know, and I yeah. just switch off. The fact that you would think that someone is bringing up, someone is legitimately bringing up what they think is racism, yeah. and your reaction is that they're doing it as some kind of strategical attempt to win an argument. Yeah. It just yeah. shows you absolutely clueless. Yeah. Who does that? I tell you what, like what I've what I've had enough what I've had enough of as well is like now because obviously it's such a hot topic that now like um, people such as black people who could like, have to go on to like mainstream television like talk oh, shows and have to like defend their position like defend their experiences in front of like people who have no experience of, of what it's like to actually experience it and it's more just like you having to explain yourself. We need to we need to stop this all. It's um. There's been two this week and mentioned is Afri Hirsch, Hirsch. Yeah. And I can't remember it. I feel really bad I can't remember it. But there's another lady who went on and like spoke brilliantly about it um, this week. But with Afri Hirsch, she... The last time I saw her on TV, it was about... You know when the ba- the royal baby had just been born, Harry and Meghan was a kid, yeah. and then Danny Baker made the chimpanzee meme. Yeah. She went on about that. And I remember she tweeted at the time saying she wasn't going to do this again. Yet she went on this week and was talking to Piers Morgan. Yeah. And he did just what Piers Morgan always does and just... Doesn't get you let a word, doesn't let you get a word in edgeways. Yeah. Diverts your attention by asking question after question after question. And like tries to lock you into oh so you're saying this and trying to lock you into um yeah. a point of view. Yeah. And it was just I, I remember watching I, just, I literally it was awful to, uh, horrible to watch it. Yeah. I'm thinking it literally it's gotten to the point where I'm thinking we just shouldn't talk about it. Well, this is like this is literally the book you know many edologies like exactly. why I no longer talk to white people about race. Just to make your life easier. There are, there are too many people that don't want to understand where you're coming from. They don't want to acknowledge that there is a problem, or they might they may genuinely believe there isn't. Although I think a lot of the time it's a case of like, there is some self deception going exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like you don't like you don't believe the things you don't want to believe it. Believe the thing. It's yeah. like what people like people are more concerned about being called racist than actual racism. Mm. So so yeah, and like one of the first lines from um, from why I no longer talk to white people about race. To say it brilliantly, it's um, she basically says, I'm no longer talking to people about race. Not, well, I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Not all white people, but just those who, who refuse to understand structural racism and its forms. Mm. And this is just a brilliant example yeah. of it. It's just like a clear one, that's one that's clear as day. And you will only, like I said, you will only not be able to take on what, what a minority is saying to you is because you don't want to. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think it's a sad indictment for where we are. And I think, like, before that, I kind of feel people either feel to, like, bury their heads in the sand about it, about, like, race and racism. I can not care if you're white, black, pink or yeah, blue. Yeah, exactly, oh yeah. Oh, my God, I just want to scream every time I hear something <laughs> like that. But it is, and it's just, yeah, it is, I think it is exhausting. I'll I just... wish we could all get together, black people and other people of colour. Yeah. We'll club together and just agree across the board. We're not going to talk about this. We're just going to keep it under wraps and let them do what they do. But it's, it's not going to happen, but well, obviously for obvious reasons. But um, it's exhausting. I've decided I don't want to talk about this stuff at work either. Yeah. We've probably, we haven't mentioned, nothing's been discussed recently, but there have been, there has been an odd conversation about race in the past. Yeah. And I've dipped my toes a little bit. For the most part, I've tried to keep stum because... You know, it's going to be a long and twisting road, and for your for your own sanity and peace of mind, thinking I'm just let them talk about some ignorant views. <laughs> in this case, the people that work in my office, yeah, and don't get involved. 
But it's very difficult sometimes to not get involved when you can hear nonsense speaking. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to say it. It's like straight illogical illogical thinking. (laughs) And this is interesting. I imagine that your workplace not be that that very nature divert. No, and and also because I'm on the night shift, well, because I do the night shift, it's quite a small team. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's not very varied, which I don't particularly care about most of the time. But when these conversations come up, you just want to scream sometimes, but I, yeah. you can't get sucked into it. But you, what well, you would think, you would think that like if you're talk, if you're having a conversation about race, mm. and you and like there is someone, there is a minority around you who's actually experienced it, mm. you'd feel like you'd want to take on what they've had to say, at least to a certain to a certain extent, because they will have a different perspective on it than you. Unless you already have a point of view which you don't want to be challenged and you don't want that point of view to be disproven. Yeah. Which I feel like is a lot of the case, is, is the time, is the case a lot of the time. Yeah. And because people have those kind of interests that they want to protect, then yeah. you feel like it needs to be tackled, but at the same time you think you're just wasting time because you've got your point of view as someone who's lived through it. Yeah. Someone else has their point of view as someone who hasn't lived through it but are quite confident that the way they see things. Mm-hmm. I think they apply a very one plus one equals two logic across the board. Yeah. And they don't laugh at any nuance. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So I imagine, like, have you had conversations about privilege with them? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely fucking not. That would be really tough. <laughs> the words would not tough leave my mouth. Co- yeah, like, that would be a tough conversation to have. Life, life harder for myself. Absolutely <laughs> I was going to say, because I think... That'd be really hard to make, try and make someone understand. What, the point that I've seen quite a few, not, it's not, not just this week for the first time, but in general, when, it, when white privilege is mentioned, I think it gets people's backs up because they, see, they assume that when we say privilege, it means, you know, that you're, you come from money. Yeah, you're well off. That you're automatically yeah. in a good position. But yeah. I think it's more of an issue. Someone described it on Twitter this week as it's more of an advantage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's something that you didn't ask for. Mm. But, like, it, so... Um, if someone has white privilege, then, like, your race isn't going to be something that sets you back from achieving well, exactly. what There's you a whole bunch of stuff you don't have to think about. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying... They're not saying that, like, people haven't had a hard life. Things haven't been hard for them. That's not <sighs> what they're saying. But that your race is not one of the things that's making it hard. Mm. I don't understand, like, why that's so difficult for people to understand. I think... I feel... That because... In Britain... People don't like to talk about race. As soon as it's brought up, people get uncomfortable. When people get uncomfortable, they get defensive. Yeah. And when they get defensive, they just want to shut down any discussion about it immediately. And that's the pattern over and over again, which is why I always go back to Rennie Edda Lodge, which is just literally, let's just not talk at all. Let's just not talk about it with people that think like that. Yeah. You're literally wasting your time. Which is a bit sad because you kind of feel like for any progress to be made in society, there needs to be dialogue. Yeah. But at the same time, you feel like, if the dialogue always ends up with a brick wall, yeah. then what's the point of having like, the first yeah, place? Like, like... If, yeah, and like, if, I feel like, um, if to have a dialogue, you have to come into it as equals, you have to come into it like trying, wanting to learn something. Yeah, like, exactly, with an open yeah. mind, rather than just trying to p- defend the position you've got. Yeah. And shut down someone who's saying something that challenges your worldview. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, before we wrap, um, I just wanted to um, draw attention to another um, to another organisation, do our spotlight as we've been calling it informally. Okay. Um, so there is an organisation. They're called Cinecube Birmingham. 
So Cinecube spelled C-I-N-E-Q, Birmingham. Um, they are basically a community cinema um, that's, that's specifically for queer films, for like, okay. queer movies that's in the UK. Um, I reached out to them um, and they came up with a blurb for me to read. So basically they say, um, they call themselves uh, Birmingham only specifically queer um, film, um, community cinema. And they are having a film festival from the 26th to 29th of March 2020 with a programme of events prioritising stories by and for queer, trans and intersex people of colour. Screenings include Monsoon, starring Crazy Rich Asians, Henry Golding, the Marlon TV's classic Tongue on Tide, The Watermelon Woman and The Pleasure of Hidden Gems. Um, tickets and festival passes are available from cinecubebirmingham.co.uk. So yeah, I think the main thing to take from that is um, it's a queer community cinema. Mm-hmm. They're based in Birmingham. They have a um, they have a film festival at the end of March this year. Um, they ha- they're on Instagram. If you search um, at Cinecube Birmingham, they should come up. We can link them in the description. There'll be a link well. in the description. Yeah. yeah, and their website will be there as well. So that's interesting. As you know, we're both from Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my best one, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's good to see, uh, good to see some Birmingham representation. Good to see some queer representation as well. Mm. So um, hopefully, I mean, if it's in Birmingham, I hope to, yeah, we can actually attend the film festival so we can go ourselves, mm. show our face. I think that would be good. Yeah. But yeah, that was um, that's uh, uh, that's an organisation that I just wanted to wanted to spend a couple of minutes, a uh, couple of minutes talking about. There we are. But yeah, so. Um, unless you've got something else to say, Kevin. I think that is a wrap for today. That is a wrap. So, um, yes, we are Black Boy Joy. Um, remember, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Black Boy Joy Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have any questions, any shade you want to throw. Any comments. Any comments, anything you want to say, you can do it there. You can DM us if you want to. Um, you can also email us at blackboyjoypodcast.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, for any uh, any inquiries anything like of that nature. Okay, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yes, please. Like, if anyone has any opinions, yeah. then we... any interaction is most welcome. Any inter- any interaction. Do your best. So yeah, so anything that um, that you want to say, you want to contribute, please, we would love to hear it. But for now, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you.